0: Here's your host, Alex Garrett.
1: Welcome inside to another edition of Alex Garrett Podcasting. And, you know, yesterday I talked about a cool Monday night lineup you got to check out. Reach out with Stephen Ray, Steve Vaccaro, Ray Negron. And then right after that, flip channels to one Teresa C. Farrell on Strong Island Television Teresa, my goodness, uh, we are friends from Batboy. We, we're beyond Batboy, you know. Time though, we're actually just good friends in general. Good to talk with you, and finally have you on my podcast.
0: I am so thrilled to be here, Alex. I miss you. I miss <laughs> I everybody. I everyone from Bat Boy. I know. Our little Bat Boy family.
1: Well, you know, what's funny is I was just thinking, if, if you've been in one of the shows and you've seen the curtain call, you and I usually are right next to each other at that curtain call, and now here we are podcasting, so it's, it's like a small world. And I miss everybody. You know, the last time in January of 2020, it feels surreal to think about because that was the last big event, at least I know I did. I don't know about you, but that was one of the last big events before COVID.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. And then everything changed. But I'm hoping, you know, I haven't I you know, there's rumors going around that, you know, soon, hopefully soon, Bat Boy's gonna pick up again. So I'm excited to uh, get back those wigs, get those yeah. wigs back on. <laughs> hey,
1: you know, for the Bat Boy family and for those who follow your your show, tell us your journey over the last few months. I know you've had COVID, but but your show was that inspired to, to just keep creative during COVID as well?
0: yeah it actually was you know i've been doing tea time for the last two years and the last year i've been with strong island television which is out of massapequa with bobby Sarah, who's amazing and i did i did actually um come down with covert thank god i'm okay um but what happened was is during the covid um you know time frame uh, a lot of people were trying to stay relevant And I wanted to continue doing my show every Monday night at 8 o'clock. And the one good thing that came out of COVID for me was, um, you know, my show's called Tea Time because a lot of of my friends call me tea for Teresa. And I was able to get these amazing people who I wouldn't normally get because no one was working at the time. Everyone was home. Um, And my show is everyone in the entertainment industry whether it's a uh, um, from doc Dwight good uh, Dwight doc Gooding to um, uh, actors and um, comedians and uh, magicians and anyone who's in the entertainment industry comes on my show and um, I got very lucky I reach out to a lot of people I do my own booking my own legwork, like, work and You know, I just invite them on. I say, listen, you know, come spend 55 minutes with me and let's talk about your career or what you're doing now or what you were doing before COVID. And I was able to get on... You know, like Daniel Baldwin, and then I was able to get on um, Jackie the Joke Man Martling, who I had on last night, and I had on uh, Kieran Sheehan, who was the lead in Phantom of the Opera, and I've had on beautiful singer
1: by the beautiful voice for a singer, by the way, Kieran. Oh, my
0: God, yes. Amazing. He's amazing, amazing. And I actually got to see him on Broadway, so it was a special treat for me. And then I had on Donnie Mose from Happy Days, and I had on um, uh, Patrick Forsett from The Have and The Have Not, which is Tyler Perry show. And also, um, uh, uh, um, uh, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart right now. Um,
1: uh, we I'm know Ray see. can be pretty funny. So I got to ask, have you had Ray on yet?
0: I had ray and, Actually I've had Ray and Steve on. Oh my gosh. Um, not this year yet. Um, actually I had them on a few times, especially when we were promoting, that boy, you know, it was it was great to have them on. I think I had Steve on once by himself as a psychologist, because that's what he does for a living. And then I had them both on. And then Joey Gian was on the show with Ray and Steve. So I've had them on numerous times. I think they're, they're the most um, guests that I've had on, <laughs> more than one. Well, yeah, and
1: Ray, you know... It- With all the heart he has. He's still a pretty funny guy. I mean, he makes you laugh at the drop of a hat, too. And so do you. I mean, you were. Yeah, I I don't know. I know you do stand up in addition to this. And I know that that's been really a difficult thing for everybody to do. So how did you keep fresh with the stand up? And were you able to do any of that uh, within the year?
0: Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, um, you know, you heard of um, rave parties, these underground parties that back in the day you didn't tell anyone about, you just go to and everyone would be there. And for a while, we were doing underground comedy shows. We were trying to put something together at whether it be a bar or a restaurant or just a venue where we can go and make people laugh. All the comedy, you know, places were closed. So we were doing these underground secret hush-hush comedy shows, which I think was hysterical, but I didn't do too many. And there are people are doing Zoom shows a lot. I'm really not into the Zoom shows. I really like a live audience because there's nothing like it. Well, yeah. And you watch
1: watch these guys on television every night. It's amazing. They can do it with no crowd there, right? Like the Colbert's and the Fallon's.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not an easy thing when you're a comedian and, you know, you're telling a joke and you know when the people are going to laugh and then all of a sudden there's nothing there. And, you know, and then you still have to work on your timing and take a pause, you know, for the next joke because whether people are watching through Zoom, you have to give them a minute to chuckle. But it's it's really hard. It's not easy to do um on the zoom. Some people love the zoom because they feel more comfortable. They're not standing in front of a live audience. So they feel like they're a little bit more relaxed. I think it just depends on the person.
1: Do you think humor got you through the COVID crisis that you were in? Did did any Uh part of laughter get you through?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I wrote a lot of COVID jokes. As a matter of fact, um, care to share any, I'd love to hear some. Yeah. I mean, um, I, in the beginning i was saying you know how you know i've been social distancing with my husband before there was social distancing okay number 1 number 2 a lot of people i said there's going to be a lot of things that come out of this there's going to be either a lot of divorces or a lot of pregnancies and i know women very high maintenance women in the beginning of this pandemic were freaking out because their hair extensions were falling out their eyelashes were falling off their their, their manicures weren't looking pristine so by the time they came out of this, all gray, <laughs> with nothing left on them but what God gave them, no one really recognized them, Alex. <laughs>
1: wow, that's <it's> so <laughs> profound. And, and so, obviously, these jokes got you through. And did you end up doing some of them on the Zooms? I'm guess you did, right?
0: I actually did them um, at the live shows that we did, those underground shows. I, I put a lot of them out there. And, you know, everyone could relate. We, we're, all in, we're all in the same boat together, you know, not just us, but everywhere in the world. So everything's, you know, pretty relatable.
1: Well, it's funny because a year ago I was sharing these memes like it was just, you know, we thought COVID was kind of like is this really happening we had to use humor now it's like where those memes mean? I don't know, but they just kept us sane, I think <laughs> yes.
0: It's true it's just it's just been a crazy time. it's just been really really. Really nuts. And now that everything's starting to open up slowly, um, because I don't think normal is going to be normal for quite a long time. But, you know, just to know that, you know, we can go back into a comedy club um, as of I think April 2nd, if I'm not mistaken. And I know, like I said, Ray and Steve really want to get. That boy going again. We were supposed to be off board way, and I remember that. I remember, <laughs> yep. and you know, hopefully we will be, and um, you know, starting to do the show again. So hopefully, you know, as things start to open more, we try to get back into a routine that we once knew. Um, I think everyone's going to be a lot happier. With Tea Time, you know, Ray's been
1: doing an amazing job in the community, and I feel like you're that kind of community center, too. So did Tea Time, did comedy go out in the community during this to, like, you know, say, hey, let's pitch in for those who really need it?
0: I actually did. We we kind of, like, um, not I don't want to say by myself, but I did team up with Ray and Steve and um, go to the Bronx with them. So that was nice to do that. You know, I, 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 I volunteer. I do a lot of... Um, Fundraisers. So if anyone needs me, I'm there. That's that's more what I do. But I did go to the Bronx with Ray and Steve, and you know, it's just nice to give back and nice to help. You know, with whoever needs it and whatever they need.
1: Because I know a couple of stand-up communities actually did a lot of you know fundraising for this through stand-up, and I thought that was pretty cool to hear too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's nice when the entire community pitches in for a cause. You know, it's just great. You know, same thing with Bat Boy. You know, every time we do Bat Boy, it's all nonprofit. We're all volunteering. And the money goes to people in need, whether it's a girl with cancer or a gentleman with ALS. It's just nice to know that, you know, we're helping someone in need.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm sure they can at least smile through it, too, when, when when all chips are literally falling around them. So that's always good. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, it's nice when you see them smile, you know, and, and just, you know, it touches my heart and, and, you know, puts a tear in my eye, especially, you know, when we did the show for Dan Colon, who is a gentleman who has um, ALS, and he was just a doll and a pleasure. And he actually he was in the Bronx, and he was at the Yogi Berra Museum. We did both for him. And um, yeah, it was a beautiful blessing to meet him
1: and help him really, you know, and those that, that final show had so much electricity at Fort Hamilton. I don't know, it was different than the other ones. Like, oh, it just yes, was unbelievable yes. and they really restructured it. You know, we do adapting here on the podcast and that's what we did. They kind of adapted the script and it worked perfectly.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It really did and to perform for, you know, the military was such an honor and it was such a, uh, just a charged, it was a charged show. We were all so charged up about it and, um, it was special It was definitely Definitely special And uh,
1: We had well, Sal the voice very- We had Danny there We had oh, a, yeah. felt like Everybody was there That night So Yeah
0: It really was Yeah I think I don't think anyone Really wanted to miss that show
1: You know No we did I mean I remember Rolling through Through the darkness Of the night It was like January <laughs> In the freezing cold <laughs> I know I was there though It was just It was great It meant so much To be there And plus <laughs> I had grown up Around Fort Hamilton And it was just nice To come Kind of back to that area And, and to be for, um, Fort Hamilton again was, was great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, Teresa, yeah. with, with comedy, though, and I've got to ask this because I feel like some humor has been looked at as like, oh, well, you can't have that or you have to pick and choose. We're going to pick and choose for you what's funny. Is that about right nowadays? Like if you're... There's something that's over the line, but there's also people who are just saying, no, that's not how... That's not my standard. I'm going to make you... Show you that it's not my standard. I don't know. I, I feel like there's comedic standards now that weren't there m- years ago.
0: I think that... Um, I think we live in a very sensitive society. I think that comedians in general want not to be censored. I think that, well, comedy is very subjective. So what's funny to me may not be funny to you. You know, we can listen to Jackie, the joke man, tell a story or a, a joke. And, you know, I could be laughing and you could be with a straight face or vice versa. Um, I think that people who come out to see a comedy show have to remember that it's comedy. We're not looking to personally attack anyone or offend anyone in any way, shape, or form. And I speak, I speak for myself, you know. Uh, and and and, and I say most of the comedians I do know, no one's malicious. I mean, no one's going out there to be hurtful. We're all trying to make people laugh. And in today's society, um, you know, you can push the envelope. And um, there are other situations where you shouldn't push the envelope. Uh, You know, there's a comedian that told me nothing, nothing, nothing is off limits. Nothing should be off limits. And in my mind, there are a couple of topics that are off limits that I will not do jokes about um, because I find no humor in it. So it really depends on the comic. But like I said, it's... um, you know, the audience is going to let you know if they think you're funny or not. That's the bottom line.
1: And I would say like, wouldn't you say it's like the first couple of minutes before you, re- or even the first minute in and you see if you really got the, them, there's a attention or not. I don't know. There's something with, I've heard something like that in the comedy
0: world. It's true. It is true. First of all, every, every, every show and every audience is different. Every one of them you can do. I could do a show at eight o'clock and, They love me. They're laughing at everything. And, you know, you're on that high and you're like, oh, my gosh, that was a great show. And I could do the same exact thing at 930 and get a totally different response. So, yes, uh, first of all, I'm I I'm the type of person where I'm very animated on stage um and i really like to grab them i like to grab them by any part of the body that they'll let me grab them and once i have them i want to keep my hold on them and you know and join me on this journey of laughter so um yeah i would say you could definitely read a crowd within a minute or two but every show is different no one is the same how did you break into comedy i i don't know i just feel like it maybe
1: there's a different path for (laughs) male comedians and, and female comedians is there not
0: there is a there is a difference it's still male dominated um i actually it's a great story alex um back in the 90s first of all i've always been an actor i've always acted i've always been involved in anything i could get my hands on uh commercials theater whatever it is um, and my two girlfriends Betsy and Grace said to me you know you are so friggin' funny you really need to do stand-up comedy and I looked at them like your people are insane that's not something I want to do I want to be on SNL I want to have my own sitcom I'm, I'm a, I like to play different characters and be goofy and and then I can get serious as you know so Um, they actually handed me a birthday card. It said, your birthday fantasy. And, you know, you have to remember, this is the early 90s. And I'm thinking a night with Antonio Sabato Jr. back then. And I opened it up and it said, um, comedy class at the Learning Annex in Manhattan. And it was a three-week class. And on the fourth week, you had a performance stand-up New York. And I was like, there's no way that I'm doing this. And like, oh, we paid for it. You're doing it. And I went and my teacher was wonderful. His name was Richard Minster. And we all, everyone in the class had to write five minutes of material. And that might not seem like a lot, but it really, really is. And there was a lot of rewrites and rewrites and rewrites. So finally, four weeks later, the fourth week you're performing at Stand Up New York, and Mr. uh, Richard says to me, Teresa, you're going to be up first. No one likes to go up first, Alex. All right, everyone likes someone else to go up before them to warm up the crowd. And the more they drink, the funnier you are. Okay, because they're nice and loose and they're laughing at everything. So he said, come on, Teresa, you're going to go up first. And I said, please, please don't put me up first. And he goes, I have to put you up first. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, you're the funniest one in the class. And I'm like, well, does that mean I'm really funny? I mean, like, does everyone else suck? Am I really that funny? He goes, no, you know, you're going to go up first. You're going to go up first. So that was the first time I performed in the early 90s. And I continued performing under the name Teresa Manzo because that was my married name back then. And then I did it for a few years, and then I stopped because, like most women, I had I got married. I, I well, I had a daughter. I started a family, and I had to leave comedy for a while. And then, actually, about five years ago, with the help of Bob Nelson, who I totally adore, and I do, and I work with props because. He, he was like my idol growing up. Um, I got Is to he the one that did the football before. routine? If I, am I amazing? Yes, yes, yes. He does the football. Yeah, and he does Jiffy Jeff's gym. And he was oh, always you... doing... He always did like HBO specials and he, did, he worked a lot with Rodney Dangerfield. But five years ago, he was looking for people to do improv. And I volunteered and I said, God, I'd love to work with you. And he said, come on down. So I got to work with him from, I think, four out of six weeks. And because I was the only female comic that showed up, he used me a lot and I learned a lot. And that's how I got back into comedy. And then, you know, and then meeting Ray and then, um, I should say, meeting Steve and then reconnecting with Ray because I knew Ray from many, many years ago, Um, you know, and then that took off. So now my acting career, is, is starting to propel with independent films and um, a bunch of other things, and I'm excited about that.
1: Do you think Strong Island and and Teresa are a great match? I feel like you are Strong Island as, long, as much as you are Teresa Farrell, you know?
0: <laughs> Strong Island Television is my home. Like I said, I love Bobby Lucera. He's got a heart of gold. Um, th- this is his baby, this is his business, this is all he does. And Strong Island Entertainment, um, is the umbrella and underneath is strong island television strong island music strong island everything he's got many many different facets um i love working with bobby he's got a great heart um and he's taught me a lot and um you know i love doing the show there as long as i can keep doing it i will do it you know as you know all good things eventually come to an end everything ends but i'm still going to as long as i can get great guests I keep my show fun, entertaining, and interesting. I'll keep doing it for as long as I can.
1: Well, I was going to say, so you, you need to pick a show topic. You need to pick something to be funny about. <laughs> what inspires you? What makes you laugh? What gets you going?
0: Um, <laughs> I guess I don't know a little bit of everything. I mean, I, you know, I've had on people who um, inspire me. What gets me going? I don't know. To tell you the truth, someone had asked me if, if you know, if you can. Um, do one thing. What can you? What would you want to do? Um, for me, it's acting. My passion is acting and performing, being an entertainer. But for me, it's just being with family and friends. I love my family and I love my friends, and I think that's what. That's that's that's. I don't know. That's that's. So, would you say like? It.
1: Uh, And I do too, but I find that sometimes material can come from conversations with family and friends, at least for me anyway.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I've gotten most of my material. I've gotten material from my grandmother, material from my husband. I've gotten material from, oh, just silly things people say, and I'm like, I'm going to take that and put a twist on it. So, you know, I make fun of myself, and people can relate when you do make fun of yourself, but it's really from, like, everyday life. I mean, just things that, you know, People say, even my daughter, when she was little, you know, something she said to me, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to use that. Just you (laughs) keep these, like, little things in your back pocket, and then you pull them out.
1: You know, there's a lot of comedians that are now just making their way on YouTube and even TikTok and social media. I I feel like that's changed comedy, too, has it not?
0: It has. It has. I mean, and I don't want to put anyone down who's using social media. I mean, heck, I use it. I mean, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but... Um, These instant overnight people that get 20 million views and they become famous all of a sudden, um, you know, it can be a little frustrating to people who have been working at it legitimately for a really, really long time. And, you know, but kudos to them. They thought of something and it got noticed. Um, You know, the last big storm we had here Um, it was really, really bad. And I looked out the window, and all I saw was the wind blowing and, and, you know, everyone taking cover and putting away stuff. And and me, what did I do? I ran up to my attic. I put on my my Wizard of Oz Dorothy costume because all I could picture was her out there in this hurricane storm. And uh, I put out a little bit on social media myself. And I was like, oh, it looks like, it looks like, You know, it looks like Kansas, but I don't know. Excuse me. Excuse me. Where am I? Wontaw? Where the hell is Wontaw? And I just put it out there, and I got, like, I don't know, 10,000 views, whatever it was. But it was, like, the silliest, stupidest thing. And you don't know what's going to hit and what's going to miss. But I do give, you know, kudos to creative people. They're creative people putting stuff out there. And 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 trying to stay relevant and be noticed. So well, you and, know, if they're successful at it, good for them.
1: And I think you and I can say that social media actually inspires us to get more creative. It's like, yeah, we have this platform. Why not use it? And then you come right, up with an idea right. like
0: that, and and it gets it gets out there. You yeah. know, right? Exactly. And it's and again, it's also hit and miss. You know, my my girlfriend sent me this um, this thing on Facebook about um, a love challenge post post. Seven pictures in seven days of your loved one. It's like a love challenge. And at the time, you know, we're in quarantine, and I'm thinking, right away I'm thinking I'm going to go upstairs and grab one of my wigs and make this character Roe from the Bronx. And she was like, with the, you know, with the real accent, she's like, not that it's a stretch from from my accent, my queen's accent, but, but she was like, love challenge what forgive love challenge. who wants to do a love challenge i gotta live with these dudes under quarantine are you kidding me love challenge you know like stuff like that so um you know we all like i said we all we were all trying to stay relevant during the lockdown and the quarantine and everyone everyone's still trying to stay relevant i mean you're doing your show i'm doing my show everyone's just trying to you know keep some kind of normalcy and some kind of schedule in our lives i mean i look forward to monday night because that's like my thing, and it's my normalcy, and it just keeps... Now you
1: get into studio, open... or do you do it from home, or...?
0: Actually, right now, I have not been back in the studio. I've been doing uh, the Zoom from home, and um, in a way, it's worked out even better, because when I have someone like Patrick Forsett from Tyler Perry's The Have and The Have Nots, and he's in California then, you know, Zoom is a blessing. And right now, there's a lot of people who are a little hesitant on still going out and being around, you know, a lot of people. And I get it. So I don't mind doing it from home. Um, it's pretty convenient from every for everyone else if doing it from home and they only want to get dressed from the waist
1: up. <laughs> yeah, that, that is so true. Uh, <laughs> that is so true. You know, Teresa, I got to ask you, row from the Bronx. That sounds like also like a, a phone caller into a radio show. Have you ever done that too? Have you ever phoned in maybe using a different I actually,
0: name? I actually, um, friends of mine, um, Anthony Grazaday has a show called the limo, uh, limo talk. And I did come on as a, um, A blonde bombshell. I kind of like grabbed the character, the marshmallow salesman's girlfriend's character, and I revved her up a bit, and I came on as um, a character um, who was very um, risque and um, suggestive. Um, She had to come on to do the sports and the weather, and I just kind of made it very sexual. And because it's a, a guy show, it's based on a couple of guys in the back of a limo driving around, listening to music. Um, they thoroughly
1: enjoyed it <laughs> <laughs> you know I was gonna say this uh that all sounds fun but behind all of this right I mean we're y- you're a human being too you've got a great heart you've got this uh, do you feel like as a comedian in general you have to smash the stigma like yeah I can be funny but I also have a heart do, do you think there's a perception that comedians don't don't have a heart sometimes maybe it's a weird question or not but
0: no, I think I, I they know, I think everyone knows we have a heart, but I think a lot of comedians are, um, are uh, I do let's say, I don't know, I don't want to say messed up in the head, but a lot of comedians, um, know, how can I put this? We, we've all had challenges growing up as kids, and I think that, um, you know, we turn to comedy as an escape.
1: Uh, I think that's yeah. that's the reason why we all do, and I've had a friend of mine who actually... Uh, Danny voice he's in a he, he's in a power wheelchair and he has some health issues and I said look comedy is is, is helpful for you too isn't it because we have these hilarious conversations all the time and it just helps us and uh, it brings mm-hmm. us sort of yeah. a realistic uh, a real feeling to it too I guess so where can people yeah, find yeah. the sh- uh, Strong Island television and, and your show what channels
0: um my show is on Monday nights at eight o'clock they can go on Facebook, Strong Island Television, or it's on YouTube as well under Strong Island Television. They just scroll down and look for T time, the letter T time. And then after the show is over, um, a couple of days later, it goes to Roku TV. It goes to Amazon Fire TV, and then it goes to all, all platforms, Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, um,
1: Spreaker, that's my home, can, that's my flagship right there, so that's cool.
0: Yeah, wherever wherever you can get a podcast, that's where Tea Time is. Yep. You ever,
1: you know, you said you put on characters for different things. Do you ever put on a character for your own show, or is it pretty much, I'm going to interview someone tonight? Like, how does that work? <laughs>
0: no, no. I, I, no, I haven't. I haven't. No, I haven't, but it's, it's, it's a pretty much... Uh, uh, you know, straight, straight up interview. I mean, I keep it light. I keep it funny. As a matter of fact, when, when Jackie and I so I said to him, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't curse, but I am a little risque, but there is this one really, 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 really dirty joke that I don't really tell all too much. Um, but I said to him, I'll tell you. And he's like, Oh, do it, do it during the show. And I'm thinking, uh, first of all, the show is all about him and I don't want to bring myself into it as much. So when the show ended, I did tell him, and when Jackie the Joke Man Martling laughs at your joke, nothing could be better. It made my night.
1: Well, uh, I guess off the air you could tell me because I want to know now what what the joke is that <laughs> made Jackie Martling laugh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Teresa, comedic icon, growing up. I mean, there were so many to choose from back then. But who was your icon?
0: Oh, oh my gosh! It has to be. Um, I love, love, love Robin Williams and Billy Crystal and Whoopi. That threesome was just hysterical. I also love Richard Pryor Jr. Uh, Richard Pryor. I said Richard Pryor Jr. because I actually interviewed him on my show. Richard Pryor, um, um, Oh, my God. Was Gilda I mean, an this, influence? This, this, I feel like
1: for many female comedians, Gilda Radner was, was an influence for, for
0: Gilda, that. Well, Gilda was, Gilda was phenomenal. I mean, she was phenomenal watching her, Joan Rivers. I mean, the list is endless. There are so many people that especially paved the way for other female comics, you know, and... Um, and kudos to them because it's like I said, you back in the '90s, it's uh, it was male dominated. It still is. I mean, but you know, we're we're we making strides and we're getting there. I mean, one night I was at the um, comic strip and I was just about to go up, and in walks Chris Rock, and I got bumped, which I didn't mind getting bumped for Chris Rock, and he was very sweet. I got to talk to him after his 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 um, you know, his time on stage. And he did a bit about Star 69 when Star 69 first came out and you were able to find out who was, you know, hanging up on you and stuff. And it was really, really funny. But, you know, it's just it's just, um, you know, it's 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 an industry where people don't realize unless you're going to see this is another secret behind the behind the scenes, unless you're really going to a weekend show and you're seeing a headliner. The MC gets paid the feature gets paid. that's the person who goes before the headliner and then the headliner gets paid. But if you go to a lot of these shows during the week, whether it's Broadway comedy Club or Governors or wherever you're going, a lot of these comics don't get paid a lot of them. I mean there's a, um, a documentary out called Bottom feeders and if everyone can watch that documentary, it really is a realistic, depiction on what we go through i mean comics do it because we love to do it we love to get up and make people laugh it's it's not easy to make a living at it unless you're a headliner but that's
1: the that's the groundwork if you will right you just got to keep pounding the pavement and and getting there so that's 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 also rewarding when you can after all that work get on television and do an interview with jackie marling you know there's some sort of rewarding feeling there um, oh, yeah. We mentioned a little while ago, you know, about censorship with the comics, and I feel like censorship's all over the place now, and it's, it's not mm-hmm. good. But do female, uh, you know, do female friends of yours say, well, that, even for a female, that's not a good joke? Or, or how does that go when you... It, it, do you test both genders, I guess, is my question.
0: Um, no, usually, I mean, listen, men, m- male comics make fun of women. Women comics make fun of men. I think that, you know... It's just an open uh, subject. I don't think we, you know, I mean, I don't sit down and say I'm going to write a joke about a guy. I mean, unless something happens between me and someone and I want to write it, you know, sure. just down and go with it. But I don't think that, um, you know, in general, I don't think anyone really looks at it like that
1: interesting well i am so glad that we had this conversation about your show about your career about your life i mean you've always been so friendly having
0: me on and i can't can't wait to have you on my show alex we gotta pick a date (laughs) let's
1: make that happen i mean i i try and not be as funny on these things but if if you get to know me i'm just kind of a loose cannon you know i just i just say what's on my mind and that's always uh fun to do anyway so so sometimes it turns into blogs or podcasts what can i tell you but right, uh Right,
0: exactly, exactly. And you do a great job. You do a really, really wonderful job.
1: Well, Absolutely. It's always fun to act with you guys and I miss y'all and I miss you all behind the scenes too. You know, people I know you may see us there, but there's a real commodity. Uh and by the way, shout out to Sean Clancy. I'm missing Foley's right now. They had a close down last year and I Oh uh, uh, We had that um, gathering there. I mean these the, yes. these um cast parties are always fun, are they not?
0: they are they're so much fun i love them i really do i mean hanging out with everybody you know we got um such a great cast and um you know and and there are some you know big names that we bring in and we rotate them and you know like you said we had sal the voice and and you know we have nick in the show and he plays himself and it's it's just it's just it's just magic it's just it's just just a wonderful show. And like I said, we, you know, everything goes back to the community or, 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 you know, a specific person in need. And, um, that makes my heart smile and sing that that like means the most to me, really.
1: Well, hopefully we can all do sing again together, uh, yes, in, yes. in the next few months. I'm really hoping, I'm glad to hear that by April, at least comedy clubs, right, we'll do some uh, governors again. That'd be fun. That was a nice yeah, venue to yeah. do that.
0: Yeah, it's a great a great club and um I always enjoy performing there and um yeah, I just everyone can't wait to, you know, get back to what we do and make people laugh again and that's what a lot of people need right now is laughter.
1: And I will say thank God he brought you through COVID. I mean, thank God you're here today. I know it was a big scare, Oh, I
0: am but... too. I mean it was a little it was a little rocky there for a while. I ended up going to the ER because I could I could just couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe and because of um, some previous medical conditions, including bronchial pneumonia and clots in my lungs, I was like, I can't take a chance. So I had my daughter drive me and um, my oxygen level was great, but I had, you know, COVID pneumonia, COVID, they call it COVID lungs. And uh, they put me on a steroid for 10 days. And thank God that helped me because I know so many people who were not as lucky as I am. And um you know, it's sad. It's just sad. Well, that probably also want.
1: inspires you to not be complacent. You know, people getting a vaccine, but there's still things out there. It's kind of weird. It's kind of interesting course. that a year I later it's I, still around.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, we still have to be careful. I mean, just because I had it and I have the antibodies now doesn't mean that I'm going to be stupid about it. And and when I do get the vaccine, again, you know, it's not a cure and it's not 100%, but it's something that, you know, can can help us until they really figure this thing out. Like how long can the vaccine last? Are we going to be, have to take it every year like a flu shot? I mean, it there's so many un, unanswered questions that, you know, we just have to find out more, you know, and then, you know, figure out how to proceed. But in the meantime, yeah, I mean, I wash my hands as much as I can. I wear a mask and, you know, I try to everyone just try to stay safe out there, you know?
1: Well, either from a comedian's perspective or an actor, performer, entertainer, or just Teresa's point of view, what's your message um, to those that uh, do want to get back out there and entertain but also want to stay safe? And and just what's your message for all of us today?
0: Just do it. Just do it smartly. Do it smartly. Do it safely. I mean, listen, um, most of the venues are following all the rules. I mean, I think right now, I don't know if it's still 33% are allowed in. I know they were going to raise the restaurant capacity. Um, I think once the weather gets nicer, Alex, and we're really able to be outside, um, I think that it's going to be a little easier to know that, okay, I'm outside there are people in my backyard, but we're, we're, we, know, we're not on top of each other and we're outside. It's a safer space, obviously than being indoor. So I'm just, you know, just tell everyone to, you know, be safe, follow the rules. Um, and I think uh, everything will, like I said, return to the new normal.
1: Well, and once that is, once again, I can't wait to be on that cast final bow line right next to you, Teresa, like old times, yes. right?
0: I love having you next to me. Absolutely, you yes. do better
1: dancing. I'm kind of awkward, I gotta admit, but you do you you do great uh, on that cast final call. It's just a just fun time overall. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It is. It's 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 a thrill. It really is a thrill. And um, you know, I'm I'm not ready to get off that ride. I wanna ride that that boy wave as long as we can.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, personally to co- to continue the story of George Steinbrenner means the world. I mean what he did oh, for absolutely. Ray you could see how it you know, impacted him uh, and what he did for my family and I. Like it just
0: Yes. His impact has not yes.
1: gone away. And I'm gonna uh,
0: talk about that on I'm gonna talk about that on my show, Alex. <laughs>
1: Beautiful. No, I I can't wait to tune in and see that. So, Monday night, Struggle Island Television on uh, YouTube and Facebook. Tea Time with Teresa Farrell. Thanks for uh, spending some time with me tonight here on this podcast, Alex Garrett podcast. Thank
0: you for having me. It was a blast. I miss you so much and love you, my friend. And um, to everyone out there, stay safe and be well and try to laugh every day. Sending love to you and your family as well, Teresa.
1: I'm Alex Garrett where we are always adapting.